This is a Showbile podcast. All right, we made it, boys. Another milestone for Bucks on Nucks. We're now into episode 20 of the show, and so far, so good. And we've got quite a bit lined up for this episode. One thing we're going to be uh, taking a quick recap of is the week one of fantasy football there. And we're also going to see what's in store for this week in the league. And then uh, we're also going to take a look at all the drama that took place at UFC last weekend, where there was a backstage brawl and then Chemayev missed weight, which led to a whole bunch of fight matchups changing a day before fight night and kind of messed up our UFC gambling picks. But uh, we've got some more of those for you today. And then uh, near the end of the show, I think we'll recap DK's best bets from last weekend there in football. And uh, why don't we just get this thing started here by checking in with the lads and uh, how are you guys feeling about your fantasy football team there after week one, heading into week two here? I, I felt better. I'm in, three, <laughs> I'm in three different leagues. I went 0-3. Uh, none of my teams put up a very good amount of points. A lot of the picks that I made, like Stewie J and I were talking on the live stream because I had the first overall pick. He was saying, and I said it to him too, I got to take a lot of chances on like maybe my own knowledge here. Every pick that I made that was like my own knowledge sucked like it was fucking horrible i could have went any worse um i'm fired up to see i was getting texts all, all week where me and you were playing against each other this week ty so that's a big rivalry week on the pod i don't even want to look at yep. you i put a piece of paper <laughs> over your fucking face on this camera here because i can't look at the enemy because i i'm scared i'm gonna <laughs> lose i think projected points have us like one point out or from each other like i think i'm supposed to win by like 0.8 points or something by projected points but if it goes anything close to last week i'm gonna be 0-2 well, my boy Keenan Allen got hurt there, and he got me. Yep. Uh, he was doing really great at the start of the game there, and then he got injured pretty early. So that uh, that was one thing I was disappointed with my fantasy team there. But uh, Stewie J, uh, how are you feeling after Week One there? I'm feeling good. Got a big win, a little one and zero start. Um, it, it wasn't as dominating of a performance as I was projected to do because. Like my running backs didn't didn't like my two main running backs. My two first picks were Najee Harris and, and uh, Alvin Kamara, and they both had like pretty m- mediocre weeks in terms. They both of got like, hurt. Like, yeah, and they both. Yeah. yeah, I think they're supposed to both be healthy what? for week yep. two, right? Yep. So, yep. yeah, and then um, Kareem Hunt had a really good week for me, and he was one of my. Uh, mm-hmm. He was my, like he was drafted for my flex spot, so. I'm good on the running back front because I don't think I'll ever have a week as bad as that from both Kamara and Harris combined if they're both healthy. Um, but Hunt kind of stepped up for them. I don't expect Hunt to do that every weekend, but or every yeah, but we'll see. Um, receivers, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. He went crazy in like the first half. He kind of acted as their number one receiver there, and then. Uh, he fumbled the ball and then pretty well didn't see a look for the rest of the yeah. game after that. So uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully he's like a, he gets a lot of targets all season because um, in the first half there, I was like really happy with the pick and I was expecting big things from him. But um, I think I think he still has a, I think it's still like a potential breakout year for the kid. Can, can I jump in on the juju front and what I think happened? Because I was watching that game and I saw the same thing as you. So they for were sure. pumping him the ball. And you know what? Juju's been the number one receiver down for the Steelers for a while. And he was the only option. So he had the, like, other than Chase Claypool and, like, Deontay Johnson, who gets hurt every fucking game. So Juju was the number one guy. He played every single game. He got every look that he possibly could. Now he goes to KC. Andy Reid's an old school bastard, dude. He's like, 
He say he's an old school bastard where he just ends up going and he's like, you know what? You got a fumble. You're sitting your ass on the bench. I know you haven't had to do this the last few years, but your your ass is going on the bench and you ain't coming out the second half. And that's what happened. It's just unfortunate that that happened for Juju. He got some snaps, <laughs> but he just wasn't seeing looks at all. Yep. Like uh, he was out there on the field, but I don't know, just wasn't getting it. And then Zach Ertz was another one because they said, okay, he's going to be healthy. There's he was questionable leading up didn't appear in practice for and then and then i think the day of or the day before it was like oh he's back practicing he's gonna play and then he plays and he goes pretty well the whole first half and doesn't even doesn't even have a catch i don't even know if he had a target he was like in and he was like on the field off the field and then he ended up uh putting up like a, a touchdown and in, in a couple catches like in the second half there and like uh kind of got me some value back because i don't think um i think i won by like eight points so like without that I think it would have been shafted because Garrett Everett went crazy um, for what he was projected to do. Um, he went crazy on my fucking bench, and he would have been he was he's my backup tight end. So I'm at least Ertz got like some some points for me. Um, my kicker went crazy, suck up on the fucking yeah, on the bucks on the bucks. He went yeah, did a madness there. He had like 15 points in the first half, yep. and then didn't get another. I don't think or he had 14. I think after the half, and then he got like a uh field goal or like an extra point attempt yep. at the fucking in the second half somewhere but um and then my guys i was i'm heavy on the broncos this year you know what i'm saying that was the, that was <laughs> i was just gonna oh, bring was, up the broncos <laughs> dk dk was like giving me that scoop like during the draft like uh you got sutton maybe you want to pick up wilson for the little like duo right there just so uh if the broncos go crazy you likely also have a good week in, in fantasy and Again, they're both just like really good players, but the Broncos fucking sucked, man. They couldn't um, get it done, eh? Like what, three times they're at the goal line and couldn't get it in there. I think Williams fumbled it. Like speaking to Smith fumble in there. Williams dropped a ball when they were at like one yard away or something like that. And then that was when my fantasy uh matchup was pretty tight too. And I think you lose points when you fumble it, right? So my boy yep, fumbled yeah. it and it was like I think I was down at one point and there was only like less than half the game left. So I got a little scared at that moment, but Beginner's luck might have came in handy there, and I came out with the dub. But fuck, yeah. the Broncos were slacking, and then they go and kick it at the end there when they've got like some of the oh, best offense in the league. Dude. I don't know about that decision. What do you think of that? So listen, I had fucking, I had a parlay. It was Russell Wilson over. It was his over passing yards. It was like somewhere in around like the two sixty mark. It was over one and a half touchdown passes, which I thought was also a lock. And then it was Broncos win, which I thought was also a lock, and it was a bet boost too. So like it wouldn't have even been like a very juicy parlay because all of that was like uh they were all like uh expected to hit realistically, right? So I'm lucky you got the bet boost, and that only brought it to like plus two fifty or something like that. That fucking missed. I had like twenty five bucks on that, and then I had ten dollars on um, Williams anytime touchdown, and then he fumbles it at the fucking. One at the at the yeah, yeah. at the one. <laughs> that was a horrible yeah, fumble too, dude. He fucking like kicked it. It's like three yards deep yeah. in the end zone. It was like he never I had know, it in his hands. Man. It was like, what the fuck is going on? So I that, was the same. I was the same that, way though. That whole time, I was like fucking inches. Like they they fucking got shut down at the fucking in the red zone like four times, dude, or what? Yeah. Like three or four times, and a, any one of those like would have fucking. Well, also Williams caught a pass. I remember. And I'm pretty sure he caught a pass and ran it pretty like pretty close to the end zone and like within like within 10, 15 yards of the end zone. And, and like it looked like there was a chance 
He was gonna he was gonna run it in. Am I just am I just remembering things wrong? Like am no, I- no, no, no. You're you're bang on, dude. Watching that game, it was fucking crazy. Denver could have had four touchdowns. They had two fumbles. They threw one to Williams where he went out of bounds at the two yard line. Where that's the yeah. point you're talking about where he looked so, like he was gonna get in. So if that had hit, I would have got my because Wilson hit his over is over for passing yards. Yep. But I would have got the one one and a half, or I would have got two passing TDs touchdowns. Yep. And I would have got, and I would have got the Broncos win presumably, and yep. the Williams anytime touchdown. I would have hit everything in one there, and then fucking, and then yeah, I don't know, bro. I was kind of rattled. I'm the fucking yeah, dark here, by the way, boys. Holy shit. No, it's uh, it was it was a tough game to watch. I know Ty, even though like Javante threw a uh, fumble in there for you, and so did Melvin Gordon on your bench, but Javante still ended up with 19 points. The one thing you got to be fired up yeah. from a anytime you see um a running back get 12 targets and 11 receptions. He just had a built-in, because it's a point-per-reception league, he got 11 points just from catching the ball. That's not even counting the yards. If that's how it's going to be all year, you may have one of the best breakout running backs in fantasy football this season. Yeah. Let's go, buddy. You get a taste of that next week too, DK. (laughs) Julio is looking dangerous with with, uh, TV there. So that might be a a fucking... yeah, you have you might have a scary team. Yeah, Ty, your is team he, has. Uh, did he? He was ahead. questionable though. I think Jones might have got hurt or something there. Like I have a cue on my uh, oh. my uh, roster here. I'm not sure what happened to him. I didn't see that. So he had off season. He he either missed last year because of like ACL surgery, like most of the season. So when the when the Bucks brought him in, it was basically known that he's not going to practice probably on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Like usually, if you play mm. Sunday. There's nothing Monday, like guys are just put on the injury report. And then people start reporting back to the thing. And if you're an injured guy, you get some rehab work on Tuesday. The Wednesday practice is kind of for like whatever. And then Thursday, Friday, you start to ramp it up. As long as he's in in that Friday practice, usually uh, like they play. So with him coming off of a major knee injury and him being a little bit older and a a veteran, he's probably not going to practice like Wednesdays all season long. Wednesdays or Thursdays, I I would assume. I find but, that like no, it ha- seems in football injuries uh, happen a little more often too than I've seen in other sports, and it's probably because of the way they tackle and shit. Eh? They're always diving at the knees and ankles oh, yeah. and stuff. People are like three hundred, four hundred pounds diving at your knees, right? So that's why drafting in fantasy football is so like is so it's so tough because yeah, yeah. I'm like, finding uh, that already. Uh, it's only week especially one, especially if you're like and, first round or second round like pick. It's gets hurt. It's such a big loss. Well, that yeah. was me, dude. I had I had fucking. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day. I had like my number one pick of Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor goes off last week for 27.5 points. I can't ask for much more, right? My first, my second round pick, so my second pick that I, I got to make was T. Higgins. He caught the first two balls, I'm pretty sure, that Joe Burrow threw. And the second one, he got absolutely popped, went right into concussion protocol, ended up with 4.7 points. So as soon as that happened, I knew my week was over. But that's it. Like It's, it's fantasy football. Like Those injuries happen all the time. Um, you see it with the offenses of a defensive lineman, almost every other play they get like rolled up on. And the problem with those guys in like, in, in football, if you get tackled and someone lands on your ankle the wrong way, it's not just like, you know, me, you and Stu falling on their ankle. It is like a 300 pound lineman falling on your leg, going the wrong way. Like it's just asking for trouble every single play. There's some nasty injuries I've seen in that. Like didn't Dak Prescott have his knee turned right around backwards there a couple of years ago. That was that was pretty gnarly, but uh, he's back yeah. and 
doing good, but um, no, he's not. He got hurt again. He's gone. He's oh, gone he? for another he's... four to six weeks. Yeah, he hurt his oh, hand. Yeah, that's and now right. He's, got, Game he's having one, surgery too. on his hand. Well, yeah, Cowboy season out, is done. Yeah, six eight weeks or something. He said he was out. Or that's, that's what they said. They and then the owner came on. And was like, oh, we're not going to make a trade. He should be back in four weeks. Like it's his throwing hand that he just had surgery on. Like he ain't coming back in in three fucking weeks to play oh. the Cowboys season. Fucking three hours into it after waiting all offseason is done. It's done. They yeah. have nobody else at quarterback. They, they're they just, I don't know. They're not good. They're not good. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, but I did see the headline of that, and uh, he's like their, their main guy, right? So, fuck, that's yeah. no good for Cowboys fans. But uh, speaking of uh, quarterbacks there, I'm happy with that Jalen Hurts pick I made there. Fucking guys running the ball in for touchdowns, getting yards, fucking throwing passes. He's fucking, and I got him at like pick 61 or something like that, pretty late in the draft. So super happy with that pick. And I think he's got the Monday night game coming up here. Looking forward to that this week. Uh, who are they playing? Minnesota Vikings, I believe. So I'll definitely be tuned in for that game. Probably going to gamble a little bit on it. Might even do a little parlay, like a Philly Eagles win with a Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown kind of deal. Because uh, fuck, I should have had him for first time before he ran right in there and fucking guy's a beauty. Love the guy. Yo, I have a couple, I have a couple shout outs. Now that you mentioned the Vikings, the Vikings went crazy, I'm pretty sure, right? Yep. Last week. And uh, Justin Jefferson is the number one number one fantasy player so in week one. So um, shout out Zeus because not only is he, uh, if you're listening, Zeus, not only is he, I know, I remember him being like a big Vikings fan, but he also yep. has Jefferson on his fantasy team. So I, I, can't, I don't know if he won or not, but you went crazy. And shout out our boy, Josh Campbell. He said, um, <laughs> I, meant, I mentioned last week that uh, he told us about the Jared Goff against the spread right week one. Oh, and I that think... was so fucked. I was so <laughs> mad, dude. Dude, I and can't not, tell you. Yeah. And what do you know? What do you know? He's now 5-0 and in game ones against the spread. Dude, the guy is a fucking idiot. I hate Jared Goff. Josh Campbell, great call by you. I hope you had a bet on the Lions and you hit it. Like, that's just a great read by you. Great call. Um. But Jared Goff's a fucking loser. I hate that guy. The first drive that Detroit had was unbelievable. They looked like they were going to be world beaters. They were absolute killers. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles went on a tear, and they were up like 28-7. to And the Lions had gone three and out, which just means, I don't know if you guys you guys know three and outs, right? You can do three downs, and you got to punt the ball away. So they, they had like four straight or five straight three and outs where they didn't even fucking really get any yards. And then all of a sudden, Three of the last four or four of the last five drives, they score a fucking touchdown and backdoor cover the spread with like 47 seconds to go. I was losing my mind at the TV at the Eagles defense. I'm like, will you guys stop somebody? It's Why? Jared fucking go up. Did I, you have I the Eagles, Eagles minus seven? Yeah, I had the Eagles on the spread. Actually, it was like it was only like minus four and a half, but they ended up winning 38 uh-huh. 35, right? Um, I had like the Eagles on the spread, but I also had them in a money line parlay, so that's okay. It hit. But yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a tough fourth quarter to watch because yeah, it's crazy. But Jalen Hurts, Ty, Jalen Hurts is going to be the number one. Mark this down as the as I don't know how much of a hot take it is after this week. Jalen Hurts is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy this season. Really, Mark my Let's go. words. This guy had two hundred almost two hundred fifty uh, passing yards, and he had seventeen rush attempts for ninety yards and a touchdown. Like fantasy wise, like not only can he. He didn't throw for a passing touchdown, but if he threw for a passing touchdown, that's almost a 30-point week, and he is, he could do that every single week. Like, he could. He can run like that, run in for a touchdown, at least throw one or two fucking 
passing touchdowns a week, this guy's going to be 35 points a week every time he fucking takes the field. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you mentioned your money line parlay that, uh, that hit there last weekend too, the Eagles and Chargers, right? I, might, I was yep. planning on saving this for the end to check out your best bets, but that was great. I, I tailed that one and it hit, so I'll be tailing yours again this weekend. Maybe at the end of the show. I don't know if you have more picks for this upcoming weekend. Maybe at the end of the show, we could of get course, those. Of course, baby. Of course. Awesome. I always got the picks for the football. Right on. And then uh, I don't know if you guys want to move on here to UFC, but we got more picks for that. Anything else on uh, football besides those picks we're saving for the end there, lads? Or should we just get on nope. with that? Let's All get right, her going. Moving baby. on. Moving on to UFC here. And uh, lots happened after we recorded that episode last week there because – I think as we were recording it, that was when Dana White called off the press conference. I think Stewie J mentioned that. And we had no idea what was going on. We didn't know if someone like pulled the gun out or there was just a massive brawl happening or what the <laughs> hell is going on. I guess when you got tough guys like that, they don't need guns. They just use their hands. So that's, that's exactly what happened. They were backstage talking shit. Shemayev and Holland, I think, were the ones that kind of initiated the conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, that led to some pushing and shoving. And that Diaz's team walked in. And I guess the guy that was on Diaz's team was kind of trying to break the fight up or something. And Diaz saw his boy with Chamayev and he's like, what the hell is this dude? What are you doing with the, my opponent here? Right? So Diaz's team got all pissed off and there was more yelling and pushing and shoving. And then I guess Dana White had to call off the conference there because uh, he didn't have enough security backstage to handle like 30 uh, UFC fighters or whatever, however many there was there, a whole bunch of he UFC. Said there was like a hundred guys. guys, like dudes walked in with like 30 dudes like, per, per, yeah. per squad. Why is that That's a lot? Crazy. Ty, like, why is that allowed? Why can you walk you in with a massive be. crew? It won't be now. I was going to say, why can't you just walk in yeah. with, it's like you and like, if you're doing the press conference, you guys got to do like the face-offs or whatever after for the press conference, walk up with two guys. You get two guys. You get yeah. whoever's in your corner and one person. And that way, instead of having 300 guys in the back getting in a brawl, you have like 15. <laughs> it's, and then, it's, it's so yeah, simple. Totally. Totally agree. And I think moving forward, like Dana White sees the mistake that happened there, how pissed people were. And I saw in a uh, post, uh, like post all that, he uh, had an interview and he said, like, this is never going to happen again at a UFC event, press conference or whatever, because, you know, they were unprepared is what he said. They didn't have enough security. And uh, yeah, it shouldn't even be allowed You show up with like a whole gang of people like troubles bound to happen, especially when there's so much beef between two fighters. That's real beef. And then uh, to add to all that drama. Shamayev missed weight the next day by like eight and a half pounds or something crazy. And then they had to shuffle almost the entire main card around. And although that messed up our UFC picks last weekend, and we kind of had to whip something together last minute to get him out there. I think the rearranged main card there had even better matchups. Like I think if Shamayev went up against Diaz, like it was supposed to go down, Shamayev would have just absolutely massacred Diaz. It would have been an embarrassing way for Diaz to like end his UFC career. And, um, also, the, the only one match I didn't like that was rearranged was the Lee Jingliang against Daniel Rodriguez because there's a huge weight difference there. It was like 10 pounds different. But then, um, then the Diaz and Ferguson fight, that was awesome. Two MMA legends going up against each other. Only thought on that fight I had there was uh, Ferguson's done, man. And then also oh, Diaz's yeah. walkout music was electric. I love that. He's walking out to the Rolling Stones, giving me shelter, and the fucking crowd's going nuts. He's high-fiving everyone. That was electric. But uh, – did you guys have any thoughts on all that drama or those fights that took place last weekend? Well, did you see what Conor McGregor said about Shemayev missing weight? Yeah. About, what did he say again? He said like he should be he said, not allowed to fight on the card kind of thing. Should have just pulled him from the card. Yeah. Yeah, which no, is, I saw that. I saw That's that. Fair. Which and is I, a and fair I argument, do, but Dana's yeah, not doing that. I would that. agree with it. That's but his it, money guy. Yeah, exactly. 
that's yeah. why it sucks because uh you, i don't know some guys just get a bias i feel like because i mean like chamayev's a sick fight and it was sick to watch like even though like it, um some guys like to stand yeah. up fucking uh haymakers flying um it was and, still like, electric long, even though he was fight. grappling it was just yeah that's what i mean like he's just like so talented it's so fun to just watch him like work and um but yeah. i do agree your- with basically with what connor was saying though because like he knew he, he was he, he knew he was missing weight and i mean his excuse after the fight which is probably fair is that like the doctors told him he couldn't but then at that yeah. point just like at that point just just say it then you know what i mean like like that must have been at least a week ago when the doctors would have given them the fucking given them the shout like hey man like it's not it's dangerous if you if you continue to do this for any longer and i said it was at I like 4 a.m he said it was at like 4 a.m yeah. when he was cutting weight and then they they get to the scale i think it's for like 10 a.m or 11 a.m or something yeah. like that yeah he said yeah. it was at 4 a.m well, how is he expecting to lose eight pounds in six hours that's, that's what i'm saying i don't necessarily no think he came yeah. into this fight like had to be a couple days before. shape that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he was probably 15, 16 pounds or may- maybe not. 15, I mean, if sorry, you go to I- your doctor, if you go to your doctor at 4 a.m. and say, I need to cut eight pounds in fucking four hours, then obviously he's going to tell you, don't do that. That's, that's what I'm saying. You can't use that as an excuse. Yeah, well, like, I think this that still sounds was, like it's his fault. Yeah. I think he, he was training like to cut all that weight, but then he was started getting like, when you try and cut that weight and it's not like your comfortable weight to be walking around at, like, Really, Chimaev should be fighting at middleweight, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying. But when you're cutting all, yep. when you're cutting all that weight, you're going to start getting muscle cramps and all kinds of shit like that. Cutting, right? and and then his doctor hears that he's having these symptoms, and then takes a look at him. And like back in the day, they never would have would have had doctors no, to go dude. take a look at this. But nowadays, no. the doctor takes a look, and if they tell you that you shouldn't keep uh, training to cut weight because it's unhealthy for you, then you're you got to stop. Like <laughs> you're not going to keep training, right? Chimaev did exactly that, and then. Uh, I think it actually worked out for the better for him to go against Holland just for uh, entertainment wise for us viewing the fights. And uh, yeah, DK, you have any thoughts on this? So I got two questions. I got two questions. Both of them are regarding the UFC. So I, I heard this conspiracy theory and you know what? I didn't really buy it, but like, it's one of those conspiracy theories that makes so much sense that you're like, Oh fuck. Like maybe, so like they announced Chamayev versus Diaz. They know Chamayev's not going to make weight maybe two, three days before. They don't tell anybody about it. They go out to the press conference. They set up this whole thing. Chamayev and Holland got into this fucking thing backstage. We got we to gotta shut it down. No press conference because Chamayev and Holland. That was the big thing that came out of it. It was like Chamayev and yeah. Holland have this massive beef. Uh, beef. And then within th- 15 hours, guess who's fighting each other? Chamayev and Holland, Diaz and Ferguson. Li Jingliang and Rodriguez, like, I don't, I wonder if Dana and them didn't get word beforehand, like a week or two beforehand and thought, look, we're going to have to keep going with this Diaz versus Chemayev, but maybe the day of we're going to look like superheroes being like the card's still on and they're all warriors and they're all going to fight each other. And Chemayev's at middleweight now and you get legend versus legend. I, when I saw it at first, I didn't believe it. The more and more I think about it, I'm like, it just makes almost too much sense. And it's a promotion game. It's not like, it's just. Like I get it's it's not the WWE, but it's a promotion game, and that is all promotion. Yeah. No, I, I thought that. that. I, if, if, I if thought it, that if too that... when I first heard it. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's legit would happen. But there's definitely that thought in the back of my head. But I think yeah. Jemaya. If that turns out to be true, I would definitely I wouldn't be surprised. No, it's one of those things Just where it was like, based on the on the interview Dana gave after the press conference, like. 
he was almost like laughing with the reporters and shit. Like, I feel like if something like, I don't know, like, obviously, we could be fucking conspiracy theorists. But my expectation of Dana would be for him to be like absolutely fucking pissed if something like that actually truly happened and you didn't know it was going to happen yeah. and stuff like that and it wasn't planned. Like based on based on what I've seen from from him like over the years, he was but, way too prepared. It took him an hour and a half to figure it out like three different fights. Like, oh yeah, like it was a fucking shit show back there. Like it was fucking a bunch of people fighting. And they were the reporters were making jokes, and he was like, ah yeah, it's yeah, exactly. now fight's still gone. Yeah. So I feel like if there was a fight and he had to call off a press conference, truly, he would have been fucking super pissed, and he wasn't. That's what was uh, came up sketchy to me as first or at first, but. Um, so now that you say that, um, it feel yeah, it feels like things like fell into place almost a little bit too perfectly, right? Yeah. And too quickly. Like I said, it took an hour and a half to figure out three fights. Yeah. And missing weight <laughs> by eight and a half pounds. Come on. Yeah. And then the second one, I don't know if you saw this tie, a couple things about that Chamayev at Holland fight. First time I'd ever seen Chamayev walk to the ring to a crowd full of booze. Yeah. Did this oh, situation yeah. kind of turn it? And then you know what he does? He doubles down on the villain role, and Kellen, Kevin Holland goes to give him the glove touch, and this motherfucker shoots right for his leg, no glove touch at all. That was a big point of, of interest, dude. Chemayev afterwards said, like, I'm not looking at his hand, I'm looking at his head. And then there's all these clips from all of his fights before of doing the same thing Holland did in touching gloves. Uh, what did you think about that? Do you think Chimaev just in WWE turns turned face? He turned, or sorry, turned heel, and now he's going to be a villain? Well, I think he's just doing whatever he can to make money at this point. Like, he wants to give money to his family and shit so they don't have to work fucking and, yep. and whatnot. And and he's got the hype behind him, whether it's good uh, pub or bad pub. I think what you usually say is any pub's good pub, right? And I think... Uh, all pub, yep, yep. Yeah, all pub's good pub, and he's got the same mentality in that sense. And if they're going to treat him like the bad guy, he'll dive right into that he's there to smash people as you would say and i don't think he's got anything else on the mind fucking lo- i still love him whether or not you know he misses weight or whatnot that's why people were booing him so much i think it's because <laughs> he did uh the weight miss and it's unprofessional oh, and whatnot but also, the guy he's electric on the mic electric to watch fight and uh i think anytime he fights a guy like holland where they don't have like top tier wrestling skills he's gonna go in there and do exactly what he did you know yep. go right away shoot for the takedown wrestle him on the ground just lie on top of them, drown them there, and maul them, right? Like, just rip them apart. And uh, I think that answers the question, right? Or no? No, no, no. You, no, you're, you're dead. Okay. You're dead right. I mean, it, like, the that's his game plan. Khabib used to do it. I mean, you could say the same thing if, uh, like, Askren and Masvidal didn't have good, like, they were had bad blood going into the fight. What did Masvidal do? He ran right out there, kneed him in the face in four seconds. Yeah. He didn't touch gloves. He wasn't worried about a glove touch. I think Chamaya is very similar to that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, whatever. But there's a couple I more liked, fights uh, on this card, too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I like what Bisping said about uh, Chemayev. Like, I think he said there's a new bad guy in town, and it's Kamzat Chemayev kind of thing. Like, he's almost like a James Bond villain is what he was saying. And when yeah. you think about it, it's true, too. He's got the fucking split on his lip. Like, he's got that character, like, physical appearance on his character. He's fucking scary motherfucker and just mauls people. Like, he looks like he'd be in a Bond movie as the main bad guy. Bisping <laughs> was saying that. I totally agree. I love that take, but uh, about, sorry to cut you about, off there, DK. You were saying something. No, go ahead, Stu. Yeah, I Stu, see. I seen you were just yeah, about to jump saying? in there too. What about yeah. the Allahu Akbar? I kill everybody after the dude. Fucking- that was 
<laughs> I think that kind of adds to the villain role. Eh? Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. I watched uh, – I hate to fucking bring this guy up. I think I brought him up three times. I watched uh, like a thing where Andrew Tate started talking about like Khabib and Hamzat Chemaev, and he was like, these guys are impossible to beat. He's like, I faced a couple of them in, in uh, kickboxing, and it's literally like we don't drink, we don't party, we don't do anything, we Allah Akbar and we train. And we all Akbar and we train. And it's like, that's, I think, what Chemayev is all about, dude. I think he just, literally all he does is train and then, like, whatever it is, pray. Like, that's all he literally yeah. does. And it's like, he's, he is, that was so scary hearing him screaming to the mic. And yeah. then give that. It was like, holy shit, this guy's for real. <laughs> yeah. No matter, no matter how tough you think you are, there's always going to be some guy in Chechnya or Dagestan that's yes. going to fuck you up, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Back. Yeah. Um, but and there I, was a couple couple big losses on that card. Yeah. I, and I think it ruined a couple of uh, the parlays that I gave out. Like, how about Chris Barnett being like a plus 400 underdog and knocking yep. out our boy Jake Collier, who I had in a parlay, which ruined it right away. And then another guy that, uh, like you had said, Ty, I believe that Ferguson's probably needs to retire. I think that Ian Kutabala is probably going to get cut after he uh, lost yeah, his submission in round been one. Slacking. Yeah, he's yeah. Yep. No, I've been disappointed in him every time I fucking seeing him fight like every time I, there's big hype he goes to the weigh-ins wearing the or the the press conference the things wearing the green paint the hulk paint and all that like the face-offs that they do he has all this like electric energy leading into the fights and then he gets in there and either gasses out or you know gets submitted in the first round like it seems to be disappointing every time with him and i think you're right he's probably uh probably gonna get cut from the ufc maybe gets one more chance but i don't know man it's every time it's been a disappointment and i'm always like oh he's it's his time now you know it's finally gonna be uh like he's due for a win, but no, I'm done with betting on him for sure. <laughs> Especially against and then the Barnett one you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barnett. And then the Barnett one you said too. That was a like a pretty disappointing one too, because at one point Collier was right on top of him, just pounding his face in, and like you thought it'd be over. And then somehow the guy comes back, gets a W, and I love the front flip he does at the end. The second time yes. he's won a fight and done a front flip, and he's like, "That's a big boy, heaviest heavyweight ever in the UFC." He was overweight for the heavyweight division, like. 267 or something i think he came in yeah, at her which is just it unheard of dude unheard of if your yeah. weight limit is 265 i'm sorry and you're fighting in the ufc how the fuck do you not make that weight it's not like it's a light yeah. weight like he must walk around at 290 if he's not making yeah. weight in heavyweight right like that's crazy to me it's it's uh but yeah he looked all right like i don't know he gets another shot and then the last fight that we didn't talk about a lot uh Li Jing liang got absolutely robbed yeah, I thought he won that fight for sure. Like, I watched it, and then I walked away to uh, have a smoke or whatever there, a little Tokeski, and then I come back thinking, like, he's got the win for sure. I come back, and I hear he lost, and my parlays didn't hit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think I yep. went to grab a beer or whatever I went to go do. Didn't see them raise the hands. Like, I just assumed for sure, like, it's a Li Jingliang win for sure. I'm going to go fucking grab a beer. I'll come back, come back, and it's a loss. And that was, uh, yeah, another super disappointing one, but... Diaz came through with a W over Ferguson there, and I think yep. he was the underdog going into that, right? So that was nice. But that yep. one, uh, that I hit, had him on the money line there, and uh, I thought that was electric. I already mentioned it, the Rolling Stones entrance. That just fired me up. I think you were saying, uh, DK, like leading into it, it was kind of like, I don't know about this fight. It's two old guys. It's almost like a bit of a Bellator-ish kind of fight. But then once they get in there and you <laughs> think of all the times that these legends have been in there, you, st you can't help but get fired up, man. It's two MMA legends in there square and I was up gonna say, it was awesome. and you know what at the end of the day uh like i i always will say this and i know like you and i hardly agree on that on this kind of stuff but like it did look like a 
Bellator-style fight. Like, Diaz doesn't really throw hard enough to knock a regular contender out, and Ferguson doesn't look sharp enough to fight anybody under the age of 35. But at the same point, you put those two, they have just enough skills and just enough respect in the UFC that, yeah, like as they're making their walks to the cage, I was fired up. I was like, no more Bellator vibes. This is going to be great. And I even, not to toot my own horn here, I texted my dad. My dad's like, who do you think is going to win? I said, Diaz round four. I said, Ferguson will gas out. Ferguson was only training for a three-round fight. Diaz was training for five. And Diaz has the best cardio, like still to this day, in the UFC. Him and his brother just have this crazy, they run marathons and triathlons all the time that's all they do is train and fucking go fight on the streets like they have crazy cardio so i called it i was like round four he's gonna stop him and then he did and it was like it's a lucky call and it was like right as they were walking out but still it was it was very kind of like i felt like it was easy to call that diaz was gonna beat ferguson because i think even the last ferguson fight or maybe even the last two that we've been on this podcast you and i have both said it's probably time for him to retire (laughs) he came out for a third one and now we're saying it again ferguson should probably retire love the career he had um, he's talking about fighting Khabib. He's the only reason he'd come back. I don't think so. I don't think Khabib's <laughs> gonna come back. Him, and if he did, yeah, dude, the fact that he, he didn't get he it, missed he missed that chance. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he's like still hurting about that man. Every time he goes like live on Instagram or makes a post about it, it's like half the time he's talking about getting Khabib back to fight him. <laughs> the guy yep. is never taking that fight. Like Khabib and Ferguson's never gonna happen. But uh, yep. Ferguson can keep dreaming. I wonder what's next for those guys. Though. Like Diaz, uh, the, the owner of Bare Knuckle Boxing has been talking about getting Diaz over there. And he's saying like, oh, imagine him versus Mike Perry. That'd be like one of the best fights <laughs> fucking going. And then uh, also Ferguson, that guy, like he has no plan of stopping fighting anytime soon, even though he's probably going to get cut from the UFC and think he should. I think he's going to go look to fight in Bellator or wherever the yep. fuck, right? Like the guy, he's desperate to get a win because he's been on such an L streak lately. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what's next for them, but I'm excited to see where, where they go. Diaz, Diaz is, is going to fight gonna, yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then Probably. he said he's going to come back. He said he's going to come back and win a fucking UFC title. And I Which like, I don't see. I that's think not, what he what he yeah, should do is go, go fight Paul. After this Anderson Silva fight that Paul has, go fight Paul, whether it's fucking Jake or Logan. Just go get a big fucking payday in boxing like he said he was going to. Come back and finish off the trilogy with McGregor. Because that's two... There's, those are yeah, two guys right. that I could see coming back. It's a big pay-per-view. It's a fight that I would want to see personally as just like, a more casual fan. I don't know about the hardcore fans. It's a fight that I would want to see because I don't want to see McGregor come in and get a title shot. He hasn't won in years. I don't want to see Diaz ever in a title fight because I think he just gets smoked. Like he would have got killed by Hamzat. So like I think that's a great trilogy fight where both these guys could go in, fight the trilogy, and then both retire. I think that would be a great career ending for Diaz. But I Diaz is so the Diaz brothers are so hard to read, man. Like they're you can never tell what's going on upstairs with those guys. <laughs> Yeah, I think Nate said he wanted to fight for another 20 years or something. Like, the guy yeah, wants to fight until like, he's like 50. It's like, I don't know, buddy. You're going to be like the guy that already. got injured. <laughs> Who is the guy that got injured, like, putting his sock on there, like, a few months back? Remember that one of the oh, UFC fighters? Yes. <laughs> one of the um, guys. Joe Lozon. Joe Cap- Lozon. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's going to be Diaz, dude. He's going to be putting his sock on, trying to get in the fucking ring, <laughs> like, before the fight get injured. <laughs> That'll be the, the future. He's fighting at 53, but. Either way, I'm excited for whatever the future holds for those guys. Except for Ferguson, I don't like. I have no interest in Ferguson, really. Just my opinion. No, Not a big fan of the guy. Gets to a certain point where you get uh, it. It's almost just sad watching them keep trying, and it's almost like watching a guy just bang his head against a wall. Like after three, four, <laughs> five times in a row, you're like, "Hey, okay, buddy, stop doing that." Like it's just, it's you're gonna get hurt now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't do it. Yeah. 
that's what I thought after like well since the Gaethje fight I thought like that fight's a fight that changes a fighter you take a beating like that your chin's never going to be the same and so on and then can't remember if it was the fight right no the next fight I think was Oliveira where you got dummied in that fight and then the yep. fight after that he got kicked in the face from fucking uh Chandler and knocked out mm-hmm. the worst way I've ever seen him knocked out and then done again like this guy needs to go man he needs to move yep. on still Couldn't still living in the hoping to fight uh Khabib there and like I don't know he lives in a dreamland in my opinion like similar <laughs> with the Diaz like they got their own oh, yeah. thing going on in their head and I don't know how to read that shit man no but never. um we got some great fights coming up this weekend too uh did you have any picks DK maybe I'll let you go first this time and then uh hammer mine out after so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go through the odds a little bit here too because i like a few of the dogs here this weekend um as i always do ty makes sound picks i make stupid picks when it comes to ufc so like i always i always I got put some this dogs this week too i, I know i dogs. hit my I odd got one i hit my odd parlay and my odd pick in the ufc and like yeah i'll have a good week here and there but if you're looking for consistently good picks do not follow these and follow Ty's picks, okay? Because a lot of my logic and whatever else on these are flawed. But here's my first one is, uh, was it Sarah McCann and Aspen Ladd, right? Is uh, yep. is a fight on this card. It's Sarah McCann, right? Or am I? Yeah, okay. I, I didn't think I was losing my line. I, I have made <laughs> a career on betting against Aspen Ladd. I just, yeah. every like, it's very similar to like, uh, I think I had someone a couple cards ago where I said I just, always bet against them and they always lose and for some reason they're still in the ufc aspen lad is one of those people and she only has three losses though i know i know what yeah i know i know but she's only got probably three three times you've won bets though right like i was gonna say and i i think all three of those losses came within the ufc so say she was six and oh when she got here she's three and three in the ufc so like uh i i think you go with sarah mccann Two older older women that might one of them end up might retire after this anyways because they're they're older in age. Um, Sarah McMahon's forty one and Aspen Ladd's twenty seven, but Aspen Ladd's always on the cusp of getting cut. I like Sarah McMahon to ride off into the sunset with an easy win. I like her at plus one twenty. Uh, the Gregory Rodriguez versus the I always butcher this guy's name too, and I tried to watch it beforehand. The Chidi Onjakani, Onjakani. I've Better every time I've watched. <laughs> Just say every time I've watched the Onjakani, I've kind of liked him, but I really like this uh, Gregory Rodriguez. I think he's actually kind of a killer. He, uh, I'm pretty sure he's a guy out of Brazil that just dummied in his last fight. He came out and looked scary. I think they call him like the something, the robot or something. Um, is his Robocop or something? Right? Yes, Robocop. Or... And this guy yeah. was a beast in his last fight where he couldn't yeah. get hurt and he was jacked. And I was like, I'm betting on him every single time. So I got uh, Gregory yeah, I like Rodriguez at, at minus 105. I like Tanner Boser, the Canadian boy. Yeah. In the heavyweight I love division. that guy. Rocks the a nice bulldozer, mullet. baby. Yeah. Let's go. The best <laughs> mullet in the fucking UFC history. Yep. I got him at minus 175 to win. But I honestly, I didn't check the odds. I should have. This is me slacking. Um, I will end up picking him to win uh, by knockout for sure. Let me just. Nice. Uh, they don't. And they don't have those odds up on Caesar Sportsbook right now for him to win by knockouts. But I do have Tanner Boser winning and to win by KO, um, TKO, whatever. And then at the main event, Song Yadong versus Corey Sandhagen. I'm a little bit torn on this fight. I've never been a big Corey Sandhagen fan, but I'm also, I know he's a good fighter. And I don't know if Song Yadong's the guy to come in and beat him in a main event. 
Um, no, I, I really like uh, San Hagen's fucking highlight reel shit, man. You watch his highlight reel, it's all flying knees, spinning head yeah. kicks. That fight against him was Piotr Jan there. That was one of the best fights I've ever seen. And uh, I'm definitely going with him, even though that's, like you yeah. said, it's a tough pick to make there because they're like, you got the up and coming star versus a guy who I think is coming off a loss, but was fighting for a title just a few months back. And he's yeah, my got- pick, my pick was Sandhagen for sure. I think, but yeah. I, I think if you if you're gonna pick Sandhagen, you also got to think. I always think these guys go to decision, um, main event, littler guys. They kind of save their gas tank for the end, and then they just they don't seem unless you're at the very top of the top of the game. There's not many finishes in the smaller yeah. weight divisions, which is fine. It's just entertaining fights where guys beat the shit out of each other for five rounds. Yeah. But I would take Sandhagen, and I would look. Uh, the odds aren't posted yet, but I would look for that fight to finish uh, by decision. Yeah, I don't think personally I'm going to go with by decision because I think I've seen Sanhagen throw some gnarly like flying knees and head kicks and shit. Like I, I know this guy can knock people out. So and then I also think you have a point where it could go to decision because they they both can give her out there. They're both lighter guys. They're both fast. They could keep the distance, just have a striking battle, try and rack up the points kind of thing. So what I'll probably do is just stick with the money line on those. But I'll just go from the top here of how I've got my picks laid out. I'm going to be parlaying both the Canadians together on the money line. So that's Tanner, the Bulldozer, Bozer, and Marc-Andre Barrio. And uh, if you want a little extra juice, like DK said, you could put Bozer to get the uh, knockout. I'm going to just stick money line, though, just play it safe. And then I'm also going to make a separate parlay of Sanhagen and this guy, Javit Bazrat. Always butchering names on this show. Probably butchered another (laughs) one right there. But I watched this guy's brother there on Contender Series the other night. Was an absolute killer. Going to stick with him. And then um, another guy, uh, Joe Pfeiffer there, going to take him to win. And I've seen, uh, I think it's his UFC de- UFC debut, but I looked at his previous fights. He has a ton of knockouts. Like, I think he won nine fights. Six of them were by finish. And he had, like, four of them by knockout, uh, two of them by submission or something like that. For some reason, though, I've got a hunch that he's going to go win by submission. So I think... I'll do the Sanhagen Basrat uh, parlay, and then maybe I'll just do a separate solo uh, single bet there, Joe Pfeiffer by submission. That's probably what I'm going to go with. I'm debating on maybe even just throwing him on the money line with that parlay. So making it a three leg parlay, Sanhagen, Basrat, Joe Pfeiffer. Up to you which one of those you want to take, but I think they're all uh, have a good chance of hitting. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have for the picks as of right now. And then I'm going to go through the. Uh, the rest of the card, post those picks out there on Saturday on the uh, Bucks on Nuck social media pages. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that that card. I think it's going to be a bit of an underrated one. And that, that main event, man, that could be ending up being a fight of the year kind of thing. Like when you get two of these top strikers fighting, if they bring the heat out there, it's going to be, they're going to put on a clinic, man. It's going to be awesome. Say, That's I all my like, picks though. I always like the littler guys. Like I have a soft spot for the littler guys because I remember uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time in the UFC was uh, Cub Swanson. I used to love yep. watching Cub Swanson fights. He was so entertaining. And then we went to Toronto and it was him versus uh, Duho Choi and UFC yep. 206. And it was fight of the year. These guys, dude, I've never yeah. been in a building where the crowd was just out of breath from just being like, oh, oh, oh. Like it was yeah. crazy to watch. And I do, I do think that that main event has a chance to be a fight like that. That fight ended up going to decision, but these guys were throwing the kitchen sink at each other and just yep. taking each other's heads off and somehow staying up because their cardio is so good at the smaller weight classes that they can take more than like the heavyweights and the lights and whatever else like that. Right. It's, it's, uh, a, yeah. it's, it's going to be a good card. I think. 
Yeah, that's how I see this one going too. I think it's gonna go. Out, they're gonna go out there and just be fucking unloading on each other, and it's gonna be a bunch of like spinning back fist, like crazy shit. That's just gonna make you go, "Holy shit, that was crazy!" You know. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. Um, I will move on here now, though. I know uh, Stewie J's got to get going here shortly, so we'll move on to uh, round two of football. Here we talked about football a little bit earlier, but uh, DK, did you want to revisit any of those picks from last weekend? We kind of already touched on them. I don't know if there's any I missed. And then also, so I, let us know about your picks coming up this weekend. So I gave out three different picks uh, uh, on the spread and a parlay last week. Um, the Eagles didn't cover the spread, so that was the only one that didn't hit. But I also had a money line parlay with the Eagles and the Chargers. That was at plus money. I can't remember exactly what it was at, but that hit. I also had the Chargers on the spread. That hit. I had the Dolphins on the spread. That hit. So your boy was 3-1 nice. and one last week in giving out four picks. And I do have a couple more for this week. I don't know if I want to touch the Thursday night game in terms of on this podcast. Cause I th- actually, you know what? I do want to touch the Thursday night game. Let's I go. feel safe. I feel safe with the chargers at plus four. Um, I know the chiefs just look great, but damn, so did the chargers. And this might be an absolute shootout. The over under is sitting at 54 right now. I would almost feel comfortable hitting the over 54 in that as well. So if you want to go chargers plus four, you want to lay the points with the Chargers, you want to get the over 54 on the total. I like both of those on the Thursday nighter. I will be posting on my own account uh, for Instagram about touchdown scores and whatever else. Uh-oh, Stewie J's got something to say. What do we got, Stu? Sound, it sounds like your cat's having babies in the background, Dude, bro. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to work through it, and it's just it's tough. Every <laughs> single week. This cat somehow makes her way into the podcast. It makes note. Last week, we thought she was going to just take a shit on my shoulder, jumping up on this thing. (laughs) Now she won't stop meowing at me. Now she's throwing her toys at my feet, so I throw it for her one time. She's just a nut, man. She just wants (laughs) to get in on the action. She loves the cameras. She um, get her in as a co-host. Yeah, just hold her Give one her day own and let mic. her into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, what's her email? I'll send her the Zencaster links yeah. to join the <laughs> combo. Um, another one. I like a lot of dogs this week, to be honest. Um, another one that I like a lot. I don't think the uh, the Ravens had a very, let's just say, like impressive week last week. I think they just did what they had to do. They got the win. They weren't playing a good team. I got the Miami Dolphins at plus three and a half on the spread. I actually going to take them on the money line at plus 162. I watched this Dolphins team play against the Patriots last week. I don't think the Patriots are going to be very good this year either, but the Dolphins defense is for real. They had a couple nice plays. They got a pick. They're stopping the run late in the game. They were doing a lot of good things. I like the Dolphins at plus three and a half. And my last pick of the day, I just want to make sure I'm getting the absolute correct line. I think the the Seattle Seahawks and 49ers. Trey Lance is not that good. He's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seahawks came out to play against Russ, and that defense looked a lot better than I thought. They had a couple really good shutdown corners. Mind you, they lost Jamal Adams, as the NFL calls him, Blitz Boy. I don't think it hurts him as much as people think. I like the Seattle Seahawks to cover the spread at plus nine. So there are my three picks. The recap, I got the Chargers on the spread and the over 54. I got the Dolphins on the spread at plus three and a half. And I have the Seattle Seahawks on the spread at plus 
nine. I'll make sure I write these down for next week, and I'll make sure I recap it again. Your boys three and one on the Bucks on Nux pod so far. I'm hoping to go on a tie type streak in the NFL like he does in the UFC because that's all I can hope for is to be as consistent hitting NFL picks as Ty is hitting the UFC picks. But those are my three best bets for, I guess, technically four best bets for the week. Right on. I'll be tailing those as well, and uh, let's make some money this weekend, boys. Let's go, baby. I think that's pretty much all the topics we had. I know we got to get it to a little bit of a shorter episode today because we got uh, some stuff to do here. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap it up, though? Couple big things Silence. in the pipe. Couple big things in the pipe for Bucks on Nucks. Keep stay yeah, fucking yeah. tuned, baby. Big turd stay coming tuned. down mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, some big announcements coming up in the next few uh, weeks here on the show. Stay, uh, stay tuned for that. Keep coming back. We love having you here, and uh, I guess we'll just wrap it up right there. That's a wrap for episode 20 of Bucks on Nux. Make sure to check us out on our social media pages. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and also keep an eye out for our gambling picks on those pages, and uh, drop a five-star review down for the podcast if you enjoy it, and check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. And if you can't be cool, be careful, and if you can't be good, be good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.